Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. From KQED Public Radio in San Francisco, this is Forum. I'm Scott Schaefer, and today for Michael Krasny. Ever since the pandemic began and unemployment surged, California's Unemployment Development Department has been under fire. A huge backlog of claims, outdated technology, a customer help center deluged with calls, a real mess. And now comes word that the EDD has sent out at least 38 million pieces of mail with people's social security numbers on it putting recipients at risk of identity theft. We'll hear about a recent state audit and get the latest on the bureaucratic nightmare at the EDD. That's next on Forum, right here after the news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Scott Schaefer, and today for Michael Krasny. Well, the State Employment Development Department, or EDD, is one of those agencies you don't think much about until you're unemployed and need the agency's help. As millions of people have found out since March, the agency is a bureaucratic mess. Yes, they've gotten millions of Californians unemployment benefits during the pandemic, but there are also nightmare stories about unanswered phones, incorrect rejection of benefits, And last week, a state audit revealed that the EDD sent at least 38 million pieces of mail with social security numbers on it, putting the recipients at risk of identity fraud, and all this despite warnings about that very practice 20 months ago. This hour, the latest problems uh, at EDD and what's being done to fix them, and we begin with the California State Auditor, Elaine Howell. Welcome to Forum. Thank you for having me. Well, tell us about this audit uh, that came out uh, late last week. It is actually, I believe, a follow-up to another audit you conducted on EDD last year. Tell us what you found. Sure. It absolutely is a follow-up. We issued the first report in March of 2019, and and with everything that's been uh, happening recently with EDD, we thought it would be important to get out there and do a follow-up 
uh, particularly related to recommendations we made to try to protect uh, Californians. So this follow-up audit looked at the same documents that we looked at back in the uh, back in 2019 when we issued the first report. And these are high-volume documents, documents that are sent to claimants, uh, information that claimants send to EDD, and then EDD responds. And the, we looked at 10 high-volume documents uh, or forms and found that uh, full SSNs are on these forms and they're going out in the mail. And as we have seen, oftentimes get lost in the mail, sent to the wrong address um, and really puts Californians at risk. So we, uh, we're very concerned that EDD has not uh, modified these documents to remove those SSNs and use perhaps a unique modifier, which is what we suggested over a year ago. And in fact, on your website, or at least on the letter that you sent uh, describing the findings of this audit, there are photographs of boxes and bins of mail from EDD that had been uh, sent back or misdelivered. Uh, is that the concern that these forms are going out and they're not getting to the place they're supposed to go uh, and, and or they're getting stolen or like what exactly could be or is happening with this mail? Uh, it, it's all of the above. I mean, we we identified, as you saw uh, in the report, we saw boxes and boxes, and actually, my staff looked at some of those, uh, some of the returned mail, and found examples where people had written on the outside of the envelope, "This person doesn't live at this address." So clearly, uh, forms with full SSNs for folks who have filed unemployment claims are going out to the wrong addresses, and they can get into the wrong hands, and those folks unfortunately already are suffering from being unemployed, uh, may now be uh, victims of identity theft. Well, you know, I don't want to mix up the various problems that the EDD has, but there was also an issue of fraudulent debit cards being issued. And I'm just wondering, why would so many pieces of mail that are theoretically being uh, is a response from the agency to people who have contacted the EDD, why are so many of them being sent to the wrong address? Well, I think it's similar to uh, the situation uh, we discussed in the report back in 2019. This is something EDD has known about for quite a long time. In fact, the members of the legislature communicated with EDD back in 2015. Uh, where they had constituents who were receiving mail similar to the recent situation uh, that was not addressed to them. Um, and they were concerned that, again, there were folks that were, uh, you know, perhaps being victims of identity theft. Uh, there was a problem back in uh, 2015 with their mailing room where their machines uh, malfunctioned and basically uh, stuffed envelopes with multiple forms for multiple individuals. We talk about that in our 2019 report and I think the same thing is occurring or has recently occurred, uh, but even uh, you know more substantial uh, because of the volume of claimants now and the volume of forms that are going out uh, from the EDD mailing facilities. So you, as you said, you did warn or alert EDD about this last year. Uh, so they've known about the problem. Uh, so when you did this follow-up audit that you released last week and, and found the same thing, what did they say? I mean, why, why didn't they fix it? Well, the, the part of their discussion, and, and this was their discussion when we issued the report uh, again back in March of 2019, that they have a legacy system, they need to update the system, and we said that is going to take way too long. I mean, that the 
projection then was 2024. And you've got to come up with interim solutions. And that's what we suggested in March of 19. We had a sample of solutions for them. And, and we thought an easy interim solution would be to use a unique modifier, identify, uh, you know, use a modifier that links that claimant uh, with their social, but you don't have to use their social anymore on the forms. Um, they really didn't have a, a good excuse or a good rationale for why they hadn't uh, corrected these forms. In fact, when they notified us back in March of 2020, earlier this year, because they have to notify us uh, in follow-up uh, periodically. And at that one year uh, response time from our March 19 report, they said, oh, we're going to get these fixed in May of June of 2020. Well, they didn't get those fixed. Mm -hmm. And again, significant uh, number of forms that are going out, millions upon millions. And this affects millions of Californians. Well, absolutely. And, and I think your report says at least 38 million pieces of mail. We only have 40 million people in California. How much mail are they sending out? Right. Uh, there's multiple forms and documents that go to claimants. Uh, so, right, there, there, are, there were 38 million. And these are only the 10 highest volume forms. There are other forms they're sending out as well, but we focused on those 10. Now, the other point that I, I think is important for your, your listeners to hear is we identified three out of those 10 documents. If you just fix three documents, that's going to eliminate 90% of the problem, and they didn't do it. So there's really no excuse for... Uh, EDD's failure to fix this situation. We're talking with Elaine Howell. She's the California State Auditor. Uh, her office just released a report on the latest and updated report, really, on the Employment Development Department in California, which has been beset by many, many problems. We've got a, a couple folks have tweeted comments. Uh, Gabriella tweets, I checked my claim award letter from EDD a few days ago, and yep, my social security number was on it. At least it reached me a few months ago. Uh, Patricia tweets, Is Cal in California, they use the same systems as the federal government. It was created in the 1950s. And Elaine, you use the phrase, a generous one, a kind one, legacy system, uh, kind of a euphemism. I mean, this is antiquated, right? This technology they're using? Oh, it, it is very, very antiquated. And, and it, it will be a, a long-term project, as they said, to, to to revise and update the system. But you, in the meantime, you can't ignore the risks that you're putting Californians, you know, the risk of, of identity theft. You've got to come up with interim solutions at the same time you're working towards developing a new system. Yes, it is, it is an archaic system. And California has, I think it's fair to say, a, a rotten record of, of acquiring new technology. I mean, they, I know that other agencies, uh, parts of the state have acquired systems and spent millions and millions and millions of dollars on systems that didn't work properly, right? That's correct. I mean, we, we've audited a variety of different IT systems in California, and California really struggles uh, in successfully updating or uh, developing new IT systems. Um, but EDD is such a, a, an important function in California that, that this department really needs to step up and, and uh, get those interim solutions uh, implemented, but also at the same time continue to focus on updating their systems in the future. Your uh, your uh, agency, the auditor's office, uh, does audits of all kinds of departments, and we should just say you're you're, you're a nonpartisan office, correct? I mean, how do how do you decide which uh, things to audit? The legislature at asks. 
Absolutely. This is, as I said earlier, uh, there were members of the legislature, and it was the Consumer Privacy and Protection Committee. Uh, Assemblymember Gatto back in 2015 was the chair. Assemblymember Baker was a member. She was on JLAC. They were communicating with EDD because some of their constituents were getting mail that was not addressed to them that had documents that had full SSN. So this is an issue that's been uh, was brought to the EDD's attention five years ago, um, and these two members got very frustrated. And Assemblymember Baker ultimately came to the audit committee and said, "We need to get the audit, state auditor in there because we're just not seeing EDD fixing things." And that's when we were directed to do the audit that we issued in March of 2019. So we are we are absolutely nonpartisan. The work comes to us primarily through the Joint Legislative Audit Committee. Now I have the authority to do the follow-up work. Um, and it's specifically following up on recommendations that we've made. And with everything that's been happening in California in the past six or eight months, uh, we felt this was really important follow-up work to do in conjunction with the uh, EDD audit that the legislature under their emergency authority uh, approved back in September and directed us to get in there and do some other work. So just before the pandemic began, Governor Newsom appointed Sharon Hilliard EDD director back in February, and then she announced uh, last month she's retiring at the end of the year. Um, and also the governor in, I think it was late July, appointed uh, a EDD strike force, as he called it, to streamline these very problems. What has been accomplished by either that strike force or just the agency itself? Well, we, we have looked at the strike team was created in July of 2020. They issued a report in September, shortly before the uh, the audit that uh, the legislature directed us to conduct. So we're looking at the recommendations that the strike team made. Many of them are similar to recommendations we've made in the past. Uh, I can't speak to specifically what EDD has done thus far. My staff are out there conducting uh, the audit that we were directed to do. Um, and we'll have the results of that audit in January, uh, just a couple of months away. And in terms of this concern that you have about identity theft, uh, is there any indication that, in fact, that has happened? We didn't see any evidence of uh, that specifically occurring. I know that, you know, there were, as you mentioned, the, the B of A debit cards, there were concerns related to uh, theft of those cards. I, I, our staff haven't seen any evidence of that, but I know there are other investigations ongoing. Just a few minutes, few seconds left here, but uh, real quickly, I know California is one of only three states uh, that does not offer direct deposit as an option. Is that something that your office might recommend as well? Um, it's certainly something that we will we will look at and determine whether or not that makes sense for uh, California. Um, I, I don't have a specific uh, information related to that. As I said, yeah. the, the audit's ongoing. All right. Well, thank you so much, Elaine Howell, uh, California State Auditor, for joining us this hour and bringing us up to date on the problems. Very much appreciate it. Thank We're, you for having me. Appreciate it. You bet. It. You bet. We're going to continue this conversation, and you can give us a call at 866-733-6786. Again, it's 866-733-6786. You can also get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum, or you can email us. It's forum at kqed.org. Scott Schaefer here this hour for Michael Krasny. Much more to come. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. 
Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. And welcome back to Forum. I'm Scott Schaefer, sitting in today for Michael Krasny. We're talking this hour about the problems at the EDD, the state's employment development department. Uh, We just said goodbye to the state auditor, Elaine Howell, and joining us now, Carolyn Said from the San Francisco Chronicle. She's been covering this issue for many months now. And also Daniela Urban. She is the founder and director of the Center for Workers' Rights in Sacramento. Carolyn and Daniela, welcome. Thanks for having me. Well, I think you probably were listening to uh, the state auditor there. And uh, Carolyn Said, uh, based on the reporting you've done, anything that you heard that jumped out at you? Well, just the, the tremendous volume of um, mail that has the Social Security numbers on it. And the fact that EDD has, you know, got that report from the state auditor in March 2019, you know, almost two years ago and has not taken action. Um, EDD seems like a very um, hidebound agency that is very, very slow. I guess it is like turning a cruise ship or something, but it it seems very, very slow to react and to modernize. It's been doing a multi-million dollar modernization process for years and years and years now, and there's no end in sight. It did react when it got this scathing report from the governor's strike force. It actually shut down for two weeks, during which nobody got their claims processed in order to try to implement a new identity verification system. And I think Daniela can do a better job than I of telling us how well that identity verification system is or isn't working. But just the feeling I get from talking to so many EDD claimants who are just desperate is, um, you know, it's just hopeless. They call over and over and over again, and they don't reach a live person. It's a giant bureaucratic agency that seems mired in red tape and unable to act quickly. Well, we're already getting a lot of comments from listeners. Uh, One writes, EDD has been sending me mail asking for information to complete a claim. I never filled out any claims, so this is obviously someone illegally using my name to file. I tried uh, to get EDD to let them know this is a fraudulent claim. Apparently, no one is listening in that office as the mail keeps coming. Um, Daniela, what are you hearing in your office from frustrated uh, Californians who are trying to get uh, you know claims, unemployment insurance claims that they are entitled to? EDD continues to be uh, unable to be reached and deal with minor changes in applications that would allow claimants to receive benefits quickly. So we're now months and months into the pandemic and people who filed for unemployment in the early months, March, April, and May, many have still not received the benefits they're entitled to. And those who have received benefits often unreceive those benefits because EDD has taken action on their claim, which has resulted in the suspension of their benefits, which is incredibly frustrating for people who finally were able to access those needed benefits. And is it your sense that things are getting better? Or is it just that the unemployment, maybe claims have slowed as, you know, maybe some uh, some businesses have been hiring back or reopening? I think it's primarily the latter, that they're finally getting through the backlog, as they call it, of claims from the beginning. They have instituted new policies that could potentially help, but certainly the call centers, which have have been continued source of frustration, um, have not improved, um, and their responsiveness to claimant issues have also not improved. 
I'm going to give out the phone number again. We're talking about problems with the California Employment Development Department, the EDD. Uh, give us a call if you'd like to join the conversation. We'd love to hear what your experiences have been with EDD, either as a uh, hopeful recipient or maybe even as an employer. Give us a call at 866-733-6786. Again, that's 866-733-6786. You can also get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum. Uh, another listener writes, EDD, uh, actually, let me, uh, Lawrence uh, writes, my EDD debit card was disallowed due to an employer using my nickname to pay for me. How can I undo this? Uh, Daniela, is is that the kind of you know problem that can just like screw up the whole system if if like if you're called Bob rather than Robert? It definitely can be. It is both um, an issue at the initial application stage and then could be an issue going forward depending on what EDD is alleging occurred in terms of the fraud. So um, there are a few uh, self-help remedies that you can try, including uh, talking to the EDD Bank of America debit card line first to make sure that it is an actual EDD freeze on the account and not something that can be remedied through Bank of America. Carolyn Said, you know, California, we've already discussed how antiquated the technology is. That's no secret. But I'm wondering if you, you know, if, to the extent you've looked at other states, I mean, to what extent is California adopting or even creating best practices as opposed to just ignoring what, you know, other states are doing and doing much better? That's a great question. I, I think the, um, that, that scathing report from September is the best guidelines on that, um, that, that, you know, basically, you know, it was soup to nuts that almost everything EDD is doing has issues and creates bottlenecks. I'm not that aware of other states. I mean, I think smaller states do a better job, obviously, because they have much less volume to handle. But I do believe that there are, you know, big populous East Coast states that do a much better job, but I don't know specifically what is better about their systems. But I presume that more of them use online, you know, very, very basic stuff that people can submit everything online and that there is um, automatic processing instead of such a huge amount. I think something like 60% of the EDD claims are go to manual processing. And there are a very limited number of people at EDD who have the authority and the um, knowledge to handle those. And, and it's just an incredible bottleneck that slows everything down to a snail's pace. Here's a tweet from Corey who writes, why heads aren't rolling at California EDD is beyond me. This is just the latest. And uh, Carolyn, uh, you know, as you well know, because you've been covering it, this this is a, a very troubled agency. Um, and the director who the governor appointed just in February, Sharon Hilliard, is resigning or retiring at the end of the month. So you'd have to think this is part of the reason why. Um, but what are your thoughts about that? How, how responsive has state government been? Now, obviously, you know, to give the governor the benefit of the doubt here, no one foresaw this pandemic coming. You know, unemployment was very low before this, before March. But what is your sense of, you know, responsiveness? Well, it certainly is on the governor's radar now. And I think there are quite a few state legislatures, uh, legislators who are very aware of this because the desperate claimants have figured out that one way to get some action is to go directly to their state senator or state assembly person. So the um, assembly has been holding hearings on EDD and has had a chair in Hilliard you know, testify and has grilled her, which I may have 
helped lead to her resignation. I don't know. But but the, the Assembly and the Senate are very aware of this issue and want to take action. Um, I mean, I'm sure we all hope that whoever is appointed to lead the EDD going forward will be a decisive person who can cut through all the red tape, who can reform and modernize the organization. Here's another uh, comment from a listener who writes, my friend has been trying to collect unemployment benefits since March. EDD has acknowledged her claim and said that she qualifies, but she's not been paid. She's done everything she can to try to get her claim addressed. Um, Any advice for her, Daniela? So there are a couple, there are many problems that could be leading to the actual reason she's not getting paid benefits. Um, but the the step you can take is contact either a local legal services organization like our own or um, your member of the legislature who have direct access to send the case to EDD for prompt resolution. So it may be a issue with them not having all of the wages reported properly or an identity verification issue or the need to certify for continued benefits. And Daniela, is there a, a specific number, like an 800 number that uh, people can call, or is it really dependent on where you live? Uh, you're in Sacramento. I don't know if you deal with people statewide, for example. Yeah, we take uh, calls on our coronavirus job protection helpline here, 916-905-1625, or with our partner organization, Legal Aid at Work in the Bay Area, 415-864-8848. And have you, like EDD, been deluged since this started? Oh, oh yes. We've had more than 10,000 calls and, you know, about unemployment issues. And um, we hold a weekly Unsolved Mysteries of the EDD advocate meeting where we talk about new issues that are arising with claimants and trying to figure out what the source of those problems are in order to tell EDD how they can remedy it. All right. So we're talking this hour with Carolyn Said of The Chronicle and Daniela Urban, founder and director of the Center for Workers' Rights in Sacramento, talking about all the problems at the state's EDD, uh, Employment Development Department. Let's go to the phones now. And Chris from Santa Clara, you're first. Um, Hello. I just wanted to uh, point out that there are so many claimants that have these incredibly long Cues that they're in, for example, uh, 16 weeks before getting any unemployment benefits whatsoever had a huge impact in my family. And it, the system that we're talking about is not that big. Uh, we shouldn't over magnify it. What's big is the lack of good management that lies in the lap of the uh, governor, Governor Newsom. And, um, you know, the, the number of claims going through the system is not that big. Comparing it to an airline system, comparing it to a banking system, it's actually a small system. Yeah. So, Chris, you, I'm sorry to interrupt. Were you? It. Were, was your was was the issue resolved for your family member, or is it still pending? There was no issue at all. In the end, they they just had a wrongful denial because nobody in the EDD bothered to even um, contact the employer. And, and it just stood there for 16 weeks. So it's, it's not a question here of a system that doesn't work. That's excuses. It's not even a question of fraud. Yes, there's fraud. That can be dealt with, like any banking system. Uh, but what can't be dealt with is the damage that is being done to families, hmm. you know, yeah. by, the, by the hundreds of thousands 
Yeah, Chris, you make a really good point. And Carolyn Saeed, one thing that Chris just alluded to, saying that uh, this is a relatively small system compared to, say, what airlines deal with or banks. But of course, those are companies. Those are for-profit companies. Uh, government is just, it seems, always less efficient and always, at least in California, not using the latest technology, to say the least, which is so ironic given where we are. We're in you know, the state that has Silicon Valley. It is so ironic. And and I would also add that government sometimes seems less accountable to the people it works for, the taxpayers, than it should be. Absolutely. And I, and I just wonder if you have any sense of, um, you know, the strike team, uh, they're continuing to do their work. I mean, it's one of these problems, you know, it's sort of a punt in a way, you know, there was a big problem. It was all, it was in the news. What do you do? You form a commission, you form a task force. Uh, I mean, where is the accountability going to, you know, come from? I mean, we've heard from the state auditor. I know the legislature is engaged. I mean, ultimately, I guess it's the voters, but, uh, you know, there are people as, as in Chris's family, uh, you know, who, who have been waiting and waiting and waiting. Where does the accountability come in, Carolyn? Um, you know, they, I'm, I'm sorry to say that there really doesn't seem to be accountability at EDD. And, and um, you know, these, these are, of course, not elected agencies. And I would like to, you know, just briefly say that, you know, there are hundreds of, you know, hardworking men and women at EDD who I'm sure go to work every day and they want to get people's claims fulfilled. And we have actually heard from people who work at EDD who um, or who got hired there who quit in frustration because they just could they wanted to help people, they wanted to get claims processed, and they simply could not deal with the antiquated systems and um, the, I think the antiquated mindset. So yes, there does need to be accountability. I think that would start from the top with the, a new director of the EDD. All right, let's go back to the phones. And David from Sebastopol, you're next. Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, go right ahead. Yeah. I have an open claim since March that's open until uh, March of, of next year. And I'm, I'm wondering if you have any resources for me to help figure out. I was certifying for benefits online and getting, getting my payments until September. I got my last payment. I was partially employed. And while I was partially employed before September, I was, I was certifying for that work. So it was offsetting my benefits amount. But I haven't gotten an, a, a notification to certify in like since September and I've got no payments. And, hmm. I'm wondering what the heck's going on. I sent them an, a, a message about a week ago. I haven't heard back yet. I didn't hear back. Daniela, any, uh, any suggestions? So there's a couple of things that, that can happen with claims. The initial claim is for 26 weeks of UI benefits. Some people get fewer benefits. So it may be that you had exhausted your initial unemployment insurance benefits um, at some point when you were reporting earnings. Um, and then you would need to have made sure that you enrolled in um, one of the two extension programs, the Pandemic Emergency Unemployment Compensation or the FED-ED program um, in order to continue to get benefits. Claims on UI Online remain open for about 120 days that allow you to go back and keep certifying. So it depends what your UI Online account is showing. If it's prompting you to reopen your claim, then you'll need to reopen in order to be able to continue to certify for benefits. Otherwise, you should be able to access those past certifications online. Carolyn, anything to add to that? Uh, no, I think that was a, a great summary. And, and David, are you still with us? Was that helpful? Does that respond to uh, your question? Yeah, I just I just didn't get the last. I heard there was the pandemic emergency, or what was the there was that, and what was the last, the second option for the, uh, the extended yeah. ex extended assistance? 
It, um, we call it FED-ED or FED-ED, the Federal State Extension Duration Benefits. These are um, extensions for when there's a high period of unemployment, and that kicked in in California to allow additional 20 weeks of unemployment benefits. There's a few special qualifications on that, and EDD has a special page on their website for it. All right, David, good luck to you. I hope that's helpful. Uh, let's go now to Mill Valley, and Bernie, welcome. All right, thank you. Go right ahead. Uh, well, I was just going to say, I was happy with EDD. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay, great. Tell us what happened. Well, I, I use the online system, and uh, which is what we're all forced to do nowadays. You know, I mean, uh, I don't think EDD is any different than banks or any other companies. They all uh, have moved to online. And if you really want to get something done, you got to struggle through the online hmm. Uh well, let me just let me ask Carolyn Said about that because my understanding is that they were in some cases asking for or at least allowing people to send faxes uh, that they weren't really uh, equipped to handle these things, these applications, and everything else online. Is, is, what, what do you think of what Bernie is saying here? Um, well, I'm glad he had a good experience, and 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 again, you know, millions of people have 16.4 million claims have been processed since March and 110 billion has been paid in benefits. So, you know, many people have been getting their benefits and that is a great thing. It is the, the, the sad truth though, that many, many people have not gotten their benefits. And for those people, it's a very bad thing. EDD does deal in faxes. And um, as we just heard from the state auditor's report, the mail, if you can do everything online, EDD does have to set up to do things online, but for whatever reasons, in many circumstances, it requires faxing. Most people don't have a fax machine. Um, and they did, you know, sometimes you can turn your printer into a fax machine. It's not that easy. I've talked to many people who end up going to Kinko's and paying money to send faxes, and then they don't have a way to receive faxes. Um, you know, especially, you know, for people who are of lower income and for whom English is a second language to, you know, just figure out a fax technology is a big challenge. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, Bernie, I'm glad you had a good experience, and uh, hopefully uh, a lot of other people did as well, but uh, unfortunately many did not. Uh, one listener here writes, my partner has been on paid family leave for two months and has not been able to access her benefits. After our last child, someone fraudulently requested a new Bank of America debit card, and now her account is frozen. This is completely unacceptable and beyond frustrating. Uh, Daniela, what have you heard about, we mentioned when, uh, earlier when I was talking to the state auditor, this problem with uh, fraudulent uh, applications and these debit cards that get sent. Um, what are you hearing in terms of uh, whether the state has gotten its arms around that problem? So the, the problem with fraud has two sides. The, the first side is EDD's over-exuberance in looking into fraud, which prevents them from updating their systems and making changes that would favor the claimants in ease of access to benefits. The other side is when they do go after fraud, they go after it in a way that does not make it easy for claimants to remedy their own individualized situation. Yeah. So okay. when people... I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off. We're just coming no. up on a break. Hold your thought. I will come back to you, Daniela. Uh, going to continue this conversation about EDD for the rest of this hour. And if you want to give us a call, now is the time, 866-733-6786. Again, it's 866-733-6786. You can also get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum. Scott Schaefer here this hour from Michael Krasny. More to come.
We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. And we continue our conversation uh, with Carolyn Said from the San Francisco Chronicle and Daniela Urban, founder and director of the Center for Workers' Rights in Sacramento. And again, my apologies, Danielle. I cut you off as we went to the break. Do you remember what you were in the middle of saying when I, uh, when I stopped you? I do. So we were talking about uh, fraud at EDD, and I was saying that there are two sides. So the the side where EDD goes aggressively after fraud in and prevents access to to those claimants who need to appropriately access benefits. And then the other side is helping those who've been affected by fraud remedy their their identity theft situation or the fraudulent applications. And that side is is really slow in responding to those claimant concerns, um, both in figuring out what has occurred, as well as allowing them to access their benefits while the investigation is ongoing. All right, great. Well, let's go back to the phones now. And David, you're next. Yeah, I would like to know why no one's been fired, or if someone has, <laughs> why why we haven't heard about <clears throat> heard about it. Yeah, uh, well, the uh, director of the EDD, which uh, who was appointed by Governor Newsom just in February, uh, Sharon Hilliard, she had been there as the deputy director for many years. She announced her retirement uh, at the end of the year. Uh, you can you know maybe read between the the lines there as to what what's going on but you know carolyn saeed um we we touched on this earlier but uh, you know people always want understandably to you know to see <laughs> heads rolling you know when there's this problem that's been going on for so long um is it your sense that the the agency is you know doing what it needs to do to get to right itself or is does do more changes need to happen I think definitely more changes need to happen, and it is working through that report. Um, but but the changes are still happening at a glacial pace. At the time the report was issued in September, EDD had 1.6 million unresolved claims, and it has been working through them. It has you know cleared hundreds of thousands of them, but it will still take until late January to work through that whole backlog. So you know, with a giant bureaucracy like this, you have the person at the top. And then after that, it is, you know, for, for us looking from the outside, it is hard to know who next should be accountable, you know, what heads should roll, if any. Yeah. And again, you know, I, I do think that really hardworking people there and they don't go to work every day thinking they want to ruin people's lives, but they are stuck in this, you know, mired in this bureaucracy where they don't have the ability to sort of cut through the red tape. Yeah, and we, that's a really good point. And, you know, it's easy to sort of pile on to state agencies. And as you said, most people, the vast majority go to work every day and they're trying their best, uh, but they have limitations placed on them based on the leadership in that agency, the technology, the overwhelming number of applications that they've gotten. So uh, let's, let's uh, yeah, let's acknowledge that as well. Um, here's a listener who writes my, uh, whoop, let's see, actually another one here, Michelle, what methods are being used to investigate and fix the problems at EDD? The issue requires innovation and leadership rather than traditional government bureaucracy. We kind of touched on that a moment ago, Carolyn, but, uh, you know, is 
it seems like fundamentally they're using antiquated technology and it takes a long time to acquire and implement a new system for something this large. Uh, is that ultimately what it's going to take? I think so. Um, the ironic thing though, well, two ironies. One, as you've already said, we are here in California, the heart of Silicon Valley. We have the greatest technology in the world at our fingertips and yet EDD does not have it. The other irony is that EDD started many years ago um, a multi-million dollar modernization project that I think was supposed to already have been complete and has been to, you know, run into delays and cost overruns. And if it had, you know, occurred on time and on budget, it would have been in place when this, um, you know, horrible circumstance of the pandemic and the massive waves of unemployment hit. All right. Oh. Uh, let's go back to the phones and we'll go now to Portola Valley and Laura. Welcome. Hi, KQED. So, yeah, um, I have a small business. I've had it for years. I'm self-employed. Um, I've always paid my taxes on time. I've never filed for extension. Anyways, I had, I've had no problem uh, with EDD. I'm very grateful for the support they've given. I'm like the guy who replied online. Um, there's just been no issue. It's been easy. And uh, every time they ask for a review at the end of the filing, uh, when you do it on a biweekly basis, I always give them five stars. Good for you. Well, thanks for sharing that. Much appreciated. I should mention that we did try to get somebody from the EDD to join us this hour and uh, also reached out to the governor's office, never heard back from the governor's office, uh, and EDD said they were too busy to uh, to join us, which is unfortunate. But uh, well, at least we have uh, Carolyn Said and Daniela Urban here from the Center for Workers' Rights in Sacramento. They can answer your questions. Uh, and here's another one. Um, people in civil service positions essentially have a guaranteed job with no consequences. What is the incentive then for them to follow the recommendations by an auditor to improve the system? Uh, Carolyn? Carolyn Said, are you there? I don't what know a great that. question, and I'm afraid I don't have a great <laughs> yeah, answer. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I guess that, that questioner, you know, put their finger on, on the heart. Yeah, I mean, that's where... That is the way things are set up with, with government. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, that is where leadership comes in. There has to be a clear message from the top that, uh, look, this is what we uh, have to do. And if you're not living up to those standards, there's going to be some consequences. Um, Jay writes, as a self-employed person, I have been grateful for EDD processing my pandemic unemployment insurance claim quickly and on an ongoing basis. Good news there. And Daniel tweets, is there any other recourse if you suspect fraud but can't get in touch with EDD like the Federal Trade Commission or the FBI? Uh, and Danielle, I know there are other uh, sort of nonprofits that also help with identity theft, for example. Yes, well, EDD has its process where you can both um, make a call and report the suspected fraud as well as sending any of the documents or evidence of the potential fraud. Um, you can also file, um, and they actually EDD recommends that if you feel you're a victim of identity theft, you can file a complaint with the Federal Trade Commission as well. Okay, great. I'm going to give out the phone number again before I go back to the phones. It's 866-733-6786. Again, it's 866-733-6786. If you want to join the conversation, you can also get in touch on Twitter and Facebook, of course. We're at KQED Forum, or if you prefer, you can email us. It's forum at kqed.org. No faxes, however. We are not taking faxes. Let's go to Jamie in West Marin. Welcome. Hello. Um, it's interesting you just mentioned the fraud and I actually all of a sudden have had a flurry of contacts from EDD. 
Um, starting last week and actually this this weekend even, um, I had a notice that, I think Thursday had a notice that there was suspicious account activity. And when I hopped on it immediately to try and contact them and phone calls, got the exact same response um, as all of my attempts since March to call, even starting at literally 8 a.m. in the morning. When you say the I, same response, what, what what was the response? Okay. All right. So, number one, yes, the online portal is very efficient if you have a uncomplicated claim. I am a freelancer. Um, I do remote digital work. I have had about four weeks of work in this period. The straight claim, no problem. But if you work a week, they don't want you to claim the work you week, <laughs> the week you work. They want you to claim the week you get paid. Mm. And in good circumstances, my clients don't always pay me within 30 days, particularly now. And I'm not pressing them to pay me. I'm glad to have the work. So my claim's a little complicated. What do I do? And I, this is why I keep calling. I cannot get a response. And what if they finally said this? Well, yeah, Jamie, let me, yeah, go ahead. Finish your thought, and then I'm going to just bring the guests in. Okay. There's, there's, I guess the three things are it, it does not matter what phone call you call, even if they're saying contact us immediately because we believe your account may have been compromised. No one, all day Thursday, all day Friday, all day yeah. Saturday, yeah. no one answers the phone. You automatically, it says we're, we're too many people, and it cuts you off. It doesn't take a message. Yeah. And it's, uh, Ten phone numbers all go to the exact same voicemail that says there's too many people, it cuts yeah. you off. Danielle, I wonder if maybe, uh, because I know that uh, as one of you or maybe both of you mentioned, state legislators have taken a great interest in this issue. Maybe it's better, rather than trying to contact EDD, contact your legislator, your assembly member, or your state senator. And, uh, you know, they're, they're going to get probably, they're going to have those inside numbers that you need to actually get somebody on the phone, right? Yeah, I mean, in, in this situation, I, I hear a couple of things happening. One is this uh, suspected fraudulent activity on the card. That's usually actually as a result of Bank of America noticing fraudulent activity on the card. EDD doesn't have access to what's going on on the card side of the benefits payments once they've processed those payments. So you should call the number on the back of the EDD Bank of America debit card in order to find out why you receive those messages. In response to reporting earnings, this is a very complicated um, situation right now with the pandemic unemployment assistance because regular unemployment, you report the week that you earn the wages. But under pandemic unemployment assistance, as the caller mentioned, you report when you're paid. So this makes for very complicated processing of the certification forms when you do have earnings. Yeah, so uh, not. I guess they could maybe streamline the application process, but uh, yeah, obviously the more complicated your situation is, the harder it's going to be to get what you need. And and you mentioned those debit cards. Um, and uh, Cal Matters did some reporting earlier uh, in the year, and they found that California is one of only three states, Nevada and Maryland being the others, that do not offer a direct deposit option. They use uh, prepaid debit cards instead here in California. Um, and Daniela, what is your sense of, you know, might things be better? How many problems are caused by that that issue alone, do you think, the fact that we're only using debit cards? 
I, this is not a particular area of concern for me. We, you know, we deal mostly with low-wage workers. So some of our workers actually still request the paper checks because they're unbanked. So making direct deposit not available to them. Um, but I do know that, you know, it does work in other states. Um, and it, even if it's just an available alternative, so at the request of the claimant, I, it could help with some of the processing of the claims or at least prevent people who do have their accounts frozen to not have such high account balances at the time that the accounts do get frozen. And Carolyn, there's a listener comment. What about the tons of taxpayer money the EDD has doled out to fake people? Uh, what about the, the, those fraudulent debit cards? Uh, is that just, uh, who's, who's on the hook for that? Is it, is it taxpayers? Uh, does the Bank of America have some role in that? Um, well, much of that money is, is actually federal money. Um, and I certainly hope that EDD, which, as Daniela said, is a, almost irrationally exuberant about preventing fraud from, you know, people who call in is uh, after the fact going after people who actually did commit fraud and trying to catch them. I mean, there have been reports of like gangs at state prisons who were submitting their unemployment <laughs> claims. I, I think in August there was a huge surge in the PUA self-employed claims because those are unfortunately a little easier to game the system with because you don't have to have a W-2. You don't have to prove that you were paycheck employed. Um, so there were some waves of fraud there and um, it is my fervent hope that EDD and others are investigating that, but we have not heard specifically what's happening on that. Here's a comment from Lorraine who writes, uh, for your last caller to blame the governor is ridiculous. He inherited this system and we haven't seen unemployment levels like this for a long time, if ever. Um, and I would say, again, we did reach out to the governor's office, uh, did not get a response. Uh, would have been great to hear from them or the EDD, but neither neither one wanted to be on the program. And you're right. Uh, you know, sure. Uh, you know, you could say that, uh, you know, Jerry Brown inherited a mess, too. Uh, the economy was crashing when he took office, and he left office with a huge budget surplus. A lot of it is timing. Uh, certainly, Gavin Newsom didn't cause the pandemic. But, you know, the governor is the person. That's where the buck stops. So that's, uh, that is, like it or not, that is why folks look to the governor for answers. Here's another uh, listener comment. Many folks who lost work when COVID first hit in March will soon run out of their 26 plus 13 weeks. I was working in food service and have been applying for other jobs in my field with no luck. What happens after we exhaust our 26 weeks plus extension? Um, Carolyn, do you have a response to that? That's a hard one. There, there are, um, for, for regular unemployment, for people who had W-2 jobs, there, there are multiple extensions, which I think Daniela probably can do a better job of summarizing them. For people who have the PUA benefits, for people who were self-employed freelancers or gig workers, there is a hard stop at the end of the year unless Congress acts again. They will be totally out of benefits. There are no other um, no other options. Um, yeah. The way the state works is you know, 26 weeks of regular state unemployment benefits, and then you get transferred to a federal program, pandemic, emergency unemployment compensation, another 13 weeks of benefits through the end of the year. And then when that ends, you can transition to another program called FedEd, which can last up to 20 additional weeks. So that's the normal sequence of events if you're getting regular unemployment insurance for a W-2 job. Yeah. Um, and again, as I said, if you're getting UA for being self-employed, it's gone December 31st, and there are no more extensions there unless yeah. Congress acts. Which... Unless Congress acts. All right, let's go back to the phones now. Rick from Santa Rosa, welcome. Thank you. Um, 
I've self, been getting self-employed unemployment since March. No issues with it. However, over the weekend, received a notification that I needed to re- certify my send in forms verifying my 2019 income or my benefits would be either reduced or eliminated within 21 days. And, I'm, and well, A, I, long story short, dinosaur about it, I don't, I submit paper copy, not file online for tax purposes, so I don't have a um, e, e version of my uh, W2, of my um, Schedule C. You could get it scanned, I guess, if that's an option. Yeah. Yeah. But there's not, and the site does not indicate. And my first question is, since I, since to the best of my memory, I certified, provided that information when I certified back in March, so I'm wondering why I'm being asked for it again. Yeah. Daniela, do you have any uh, answer for Rick? Yes, under the Pandemic Unemployment um, Assistance Program, when claimants first submitted their applications for benefits, they did so by um, a self-attestation as to what their wages were in 2019 in order to uh, increase the amount of their weekly benefit amount from the minimum of 167. EDD has followed up with some claimants in order to verify that income by requesting the 2019 earnings, um, and that is likely why uh, this claimant is being asked for those documents. And you, you mentioned, I think it was you who used the phrase sort of irrational, um, uh, you know, exuberance in going after fraud. Why, why, do you, why do you describe it that way, that basically you feel that uh, there should be sort of a benefit of the doubt during this, you know, economic recession period? It's, it's not that just that I think there should be a benefit of the doubt. It's EDD's charge is to um, be the first line of defense for the safety net when people lose their jobs. And so the presumption should be that a claimant is eligible for benefits, not that they're filing fraudulently. And EDD's perspective has long been um, first to question their eligibility and then provide benefits once they've um, overcome that initial question as to their eligibility. And uh, Carolyn Saeed, uh, what are you going to be looking for? Uh, we're just about at the end of the hour, but uh, you know, what are you keeping an eye on? Well, um, definitely, I'm keeping an eye on what happens at the federal level. I mean, we desperately need Congress to act on on many things related to unemployment in the economy. You know, such as extending the PUA benefits, um, adding another um, supplement to regular unemployment yeah. benefits, like the six hundred dollar a week supplement that was in place until late July. All right, Carolyn, I'm going to have to stop you there. My my bad for asking you a complicated question with 30 seconds left. Uh, but thanks so much for joining us, Carolyn Saeed of The Chronicle, Daniela Urban from the Center for Workers' Rights in Sacramento, and uh, also the state auditor, Elena Howell, earlier in the hour. Scott Schaefer here today for Michael Krasny. Have a great day. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio and the Germanicos Foundation and the Generosity Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. 
Set ten years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.